0: Yeah, I have a check, or a checker, you call it. It's my wife who looks at me, and she tells me if she's not pleased with a particular style, I will change the style. So that's what's happening. She wasn't pleased with that style of my color, so I gave her the second style. Um, so what's my concern is, is um, that a good number of, uh, you know, the history of the church shows us that when God raises a the people, they manifest in power, one person, and then many follow. And then they die. And then the, the church will seem as if it never happened. It become a history, a story. Okay? But then, having seen that, I discovered that the Pentecostal church today is turning towards the same thing. We look at all the Pentecostal churches all over the world all right just for one minute think like all of us died who are the leaders of Pentecostal churches how many churches will remain where members can step on the pulpit and begin to do exactly what the man who led them did and this has to be addressed in the church and that one of my intentions this week is just to help us to reason together. I'll be allowing question time for you to ask me a question maybe on Thursday. We'll discover that the major reason is because many people do not understand the Holy Spirit. Since you were born again, the Holy Spirit is promised to be baptized. Promised, Jesus promised that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit too, You need to be filled again and again, again and again, again and again. And I'm going to show you some few things in the Scriptures. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit comes when a man is filled with the Holy Spirit. But when a man is baptized in the Holy Spirit, he speaks in tongues as evidence. And it can be once, for forever You may not speak in tongues again. Okay? But in this week, we're going to look into, you know, various Scriptures that help us understand the Holy Spirit. And then practically, you know, manifest those areas of gifting. Now, let's start from the promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. And I read from verse... I think we should read from verse 4. It says... Really, let me just say this to you, while we are coming in, while we are coming in, as I was coming out from my room, I heard the the, word, the voice of the Lord very clean and audible. And you know what he says to me? He says, the wind blew it wherever it wills. John three eight It says the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The wind blew it wherever it places. No one knows where it's coming from. And no one knows where it's going. And Jesus says, so are those born by the Spirit. Yes? Now, this is not talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who are born by the Spirit? John 1.12. Let's read it together. As many, God gave them the power to be called. I want the person on the projector to be the best in this auditorium throughout this week. I don't want roster. One person, volunteer yourself for God, and you must be the one taking it throughout the week. The best of your of your team. Jesus said here that the, this. The, he said the Spirit blows wherever it wills. So in another words, when the Holy Spirit will heal here. Nobody knew whether he will heal or not. Nobody knew when he approached the person that he will heal. All right? So nobody knows where he's coming from. And nobody knows where he's going. There is no demon, no power can program where he's coming from or where is he going. And that means that nothing can sabotage him in his movement. Yes? Do we agree together let's speak now. Because I said we're going to discuss in this minute. But if I'm talking to you and the power of God comes, I'll bow back off. Because I expect what I saw. So, Jesus said that the spirits will just move. He will fill that up, speaking in tongues. He will heal that cripple there. He will go to that person and the lump is disappeared. Nobody knows where he's coming from. Nobody knows where he's going. So, it is impossible for anyone to hinder him to sabotage him, to plot against him, or to stop him. Are we together now? Come on now. Do you agree with me? Say yeah. Yes. All right. And Jesus went for that to say something very interesting. He says, such are those led by the Spirit, or born by the Spirit, born by the Holy Spirit. Anyone born of the Holy Spirit is such. Now, if we look at here, therefore, we want to identify who are born by the of the Holy Spirit, who are the people born of the Holy Spirit? That is people who are given back to by the Holy Spirit. John 1 14 says, To those who believe in Him, who received Him and who believe in His name, God gave them the power to be called sons of God. Yes, we believe that. So they we understand, therefore, that what is saying in the previous scripture, born of the Spirit, is referring to people who are born again. Yes. Now, you can begin to disbelieve some theories you have been nursing in your mind, if that's you. The fact about you is that once you are born again, Satan doesn't know what you intend, what you will do. He cannot read your thoughts. Demons cannot read your thoughts. They can only speak to your mind, thoughts, but they cannot read what you are thinking. Because you operate in the mind of Christ. And Jesus can never miss his word. He said anybody born again, devil cannot understand where it's coming from. When situation is happening, devil does not know the next step he will take. It's impossible. Alright? So if devil cannot, he can't hinder you. Some of you have believed that when situations are not happening to you, you are being hindered by the devil. I didn't find evidence of that in my Bible. So this is the first thing. Now, understand, it's a born of the Spirit. So, when you are born of the Spirit, that is your entitlement. The second scripture that I want us to keep in mind throughout this period is the book of um, Joel tw- chapter 2, verse 28. The Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Um, There are a few things that we'll look into that, and it will be our guide throughout the week. It says, And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit upon all people and all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. So, it says, Everybody born again will what? Come on now. Prophecy. Yes. Everybody born again will prophecy. prophesy. What is prophesying? I showed you in the scriptures last week about prophecy, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's read from verse 2. It says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. But to God indeed no one can understand him, he utters mysteries with his spirit. Alright? Then he went further to say, But everyone born everyone who prophesies, rather, speaks to men for what? Strengthening and encouragement and comfort. So the Bible says that when we prophesy, we speak. To strengthen others, to encourage others, and to comfort others. Now, I believe that by that scriptures, Christians should all over the world. I'm speaking to now. Consider the word given to you before. Which was given to you as prophecy. Alright? Consider whether the uh, these prophecies... Uh, strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you. So if you didn't do any of those, then it's not a prophecy. I I we together here today. Because you are looking at prophecy really today. So, the Bible says that prophecy is given to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort now i told you that there are two streams of prophecies prophetics you have prophetic utterance which is a manifestation of a person speaking some mystery without the knowledge of what he's saying when you Holy Spirit comes upon somebody and begin to say that by this time tomorrow this is going to happen in liverpool street and i say that by this time next tomorrow this will happen in manchester and those things come to pass. Those ones come by utterance. Okay? Because an utterance is what God gives to man. Like when you are speaking in tongues, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 that he spoke as the Holy Ghost empowered them or engraced them. But you have prophetic declaration, which is, I can speak the word of God appropriate to your condition, right to you. In prophetic declaration, I may receive a scripture for you and that scripture, at the time I give it to you, just answers the question of your heart. That declaration has become an utterance. But out of my own volition, I can bless you. Okay? You can bless me out of your volition. Now, the the easiest means by which Christians can prophesy is by praying for someone without asking his problem. When someone, when you turn to somebody to pray for him, and you don't, you don't, you haven't discussed with the person, and you begin to pray for the person, okay, whenever you are doing that, always listen to the person praying for you, because he will begin by praying in his human mind, then, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, Chapter 116 will apply when it will switch to the mind of Christ in him. And he will begin to tell you things that is in your heart. What you are thinking in your heart. This issue of prophecy is very, very important. Many people in the church of God have been deceived by some so-called prophets. And I want that to be cleared. If you look at verse 22 of, of 1 of Corinthians 14. It says tongues... Then as signs, not for believers, but unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for believers, not for unbelievers. So, if the whole church comes together and everyone speaking in tongues, and some some do not, uh, and some do not understand, some who do not understand, or some unbelievers coming, come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever Or someone who does not understand comes in while everyone is prophesying. He will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secret of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Now Paul is saying here that when, some, when we are prophesying, the first thing is that everyone can prophesy. Okay. The second thing is that when you are prophesying, prophecy is for the believers. But when you when you have an unbeliever among you and you begin to prophesy to an unbeliever, the Bible says that you begin to speak the mind of that person. That is the only thing we're going to tell you about the person. And because you have not met him before and you are talking about him, the person will bend his knees to accepting Jesus Christ. Okay? But the fact is that there is a principle there, which is saying that when you are speaking prophecy to somebody, the person will affirm that the intention of his heart is being spoken by your lips. And that's what you have seen when we are praying for one another. Let me say something to you also. The reason why you were able to prophesy to one another when I told you this is because when I said prophesy to someone beside you, you have been taught, I have taught you on this issue, but at the same time, because I spoke, you have faith that you will. And I showed you from Romans 12 last uh, week, it is that measure of faith that determines the amount of mystery you will be able to utter any time every one of you who have come to me for prayer sometime will affirm that
1: when I open my mouth
0: to pray for you, many times what you intend to come and tell me, I will say everything in prayer. And at the end of the prayer, I said that what do you want to say? The answer, you have said everything. Because anytime you say in the name of Jesus, what do you think you are practically doing? What you are doing is this. You are practically knocking the heart of God and asking Him for entrance. Okay? And when you start praying now in the name of Jesus, you have started telling God, the Father, about somebody. And because you are telling God about somebody in prayer, the Holy Spirit helps your infirmity. And when the Holy Spirit takes over from you, you will be speaking mystery about the life of that person and the person will just be amazed that wow if you continue in that concentration what will happen to you is that then you begin to go into the utterances where you will talk about time and season that some issues will happen where you will tell somebody who has been bothering himself for nothing that why are you bothering yourself what you are thinking about you are getting it next week but if you look at when you were praying at the beginning, you were talking just low, 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 and suddenly it was heating up, it was heating up, it was heating up, it was heating up. If I didn't stop you, you know, the, the, each one of you will get into the place where you begin to give utterances. Alright? A, a meeting where we'll do that, I will not do teaching. Because we will, we will get involved in that for, for, you know, probably about 45 minutes. And you will be amazed. Are the mystery that the Holy Spirit will be revealing through you. So, what I'm helping you to understand at this hour is that Joel said sons and daughters will prophesy. So, everyone again should prophesy. Correct? Come on now. Let me see something in the book, in the same book of 1 Corinthians 14. Now, he shifted here, and he said, verse 29, let me read from 28, if there is no, no, verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at most three, should speak one at a time, and sometime must interpret. I hope you understand that. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself. Some people have said that they read the first part of that scripture and they say that you must speak in tongues together. No, that's not correct. They say you should speak in tongues. But when we are speaking in tongues, all of us are praying in tongues, you know. And you see the voice of somebody come very, very loud. You recognize that there's an unction on this person and that person is flowing so loud. What others do is that you will speak lower, calmly. You are praying in tongues. You don't stop praying in tongues. You don't stop speaking in tongues. But you speak low. Because whoever goes louder like that must come out with prophecy. Okay? And if somebody goes loud like that and two minutes it did not come out with prophecy, whoever is the leader conducting the service should just go and lay hands on the person and tell him to calm down. So that everything can be done orderly, and so that somebody who has the prophetic upon him can now speak. And Paul went further to treat here about the control of prophetic spirit. He says two or three prophets should speak at one time, and the other should weigh carefully what is said. Verse twenty nine two or three prophets should speak and the other should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down in the and then the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be what? Instructed and Look, 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 look. Let's read verse 32. This. How many, how many people are here? Raise your hand. Okay. Cathedral. Somebody needs to eat uh, Pandadian before he speaks. Can we read that scripture together with life? Some people have used this to interpret that the senior prophet can control the junior prophet. That's not what the Bible is saying. And so they will shut the mouth of the young ones who have the very word of God when they have nothing. What the Bible is saying is that the spirits that prophesy through you, you can control. And I told you when you see somebody get food, the Holy Ghost, and he's jumping about, running and screaming and rolling over the place, it's fake. It's fake. Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you, you can control him because it's a gift. He will not make you fly and then hit everybody that the whole congregation scatter and they are running after you to, to arrest you. They couldn't. The one that did that in the book of Mark chapter 9 was the legion. The came out with the spirit of legions. So, we understand here that for prophecy, number one, all Christians can. But it doesn't say they do. There are many things that you can do which you do not do. And that is the essence of this hour. So that if you know what you ought to do and how you ought to do it, then you can start doing it. And that's the reason why I started with you now, helping you to understand that anybody who prophesies does not have two heads. There is nothing to puff up for if you are prophesying. And church of God should not worship make demig- a demigod of anybody who is prophesying. Because the Bible says that when prophet is speaking, you wait. Isn't it? It didn't say you receive it. You judge it. Isn't it? And it didn't say to some, it said everybody should what? Judge it. Correct? So now, if someone gives you the prophecy and the Bible says you should judge it or weigh it, what are you weighing it with? Weighing it with the definition of prophecy as written in the Bible. That's why it says, if you can all prophesy. It says, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Everybody instructed and encouraged. All the King James Version says, and all may be comforted. So, when someone tells you that your wife is a water is that comforting? Yes? Some people, that's what they say. They say, the oh, man, your wife is Mamiwata. I looked into the whole Bible, I didn't see that name in the Bible. And I'm, I'm, I, I now decide that I'm going to go to television. and warn Christians. You should never mention it if the Bible did not say so. Who told you all those things? Devil, he lied to you. Which mommy water? The earth is the lost and the fullness thereof. Which, which water is for the whatever you call it. Yeah. Those things are false from the devil. The devil can take the form of anything, he's useless. Christians should not call Satan what God did not call him. Neither should born again mention names of demons that is not written in the Bible. You will be deceiving yourself very, very seriously. I'm talking to you as a son of a former wizard. Are we together now? If somebody manifests a spirit, you don't need to know the name of the spirit. Card the demon now, full stop. You don't need to discuss with demons. It's stupid for a righteous to be discussing with demons, it's the most stupid thing. (laughs) I was doing a crusade with um, Bishop G.D.W in a place called, uh, in Nigeria, a place called, um, what do you call this place? Um, it's one of the, Jebu- Agawoye. Agawoye was a place where Bishop Jidori came to me to tell me in London that there was a man who was the head of, um, you know, some sects, religious sects, and also a deep, deep head of occult. And that man, you know, will go into the churches, and teared their drums. And beat them with charms. Okay? Because they are doing that vigil. He banned them from vigil. Because he would take his uh, masquerade to go and stop people from, from, from prayer. In the name of Jesus. So when he told me about the man. I said fix a crusade in that place. And let me do it. He really was so happy. He went and told all the pastors, Apostle Williams is coming to our God with you. I had only one mandate, is to go get that man. That's all. If I get that man and get out, that's enough. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit now. And when I got there, I went straight to the, to the room to minister to ministers. And in the meeting of ministers, Holy Ghost told me that strange bodies are there. So I said, any one of you here today, because not of you, not of, not all of you here are ministers. See, there are some people who are not even born again. They are here. I said, because you came here, either you like it or not, you will preach the gospel. Everybody say Amen. Say Amen. I know when I tell temple to say Amen, I will say say it to your neighbor. If you don't say it, raise your hand. Don't let me know who didn't say Amen. Oh yes, by law, if you come under the church. I have authority over you. If you don't obey my instruction, you have to go out. But if you're under the roof by law, I can instruct you. So, that's Babadini was there. From the time that we discussed to the time of the crusade, God had afflicted him. And he did all his powers, he was not able to be healed. So, when they now put the posters all around for the crusade, He made up his mind to come. And the moment we finished preaching, I came down from the pulpit. I saw, I was going to the car, I saw a man, old man, running, running, running. And when the man ran and got to me, he knelt down. Myself and Bishop Judi were there. And when he knelt down, I looked at him. By the Holy Spirit, I knew. And I said, are you the Baba Dini that is disturbing the church in this city? He said, yes, sir. He said, I want to be born again. I lay my hands on his head. He commanded all his family, children, and wife to, to kneel down. Lay hands on, on him, led him to Christ. He, goes, he gave his life to Jesus. Now, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit. But then, the night, I was in the pulpit preaching. And when the time came, I was ministering to the sick and those who are occult because it's a place infested with occultism. I gave an altar call. And some people are running forward, including the old man. He came and gave his life to Jesus the second time. You understand what that means? You and I will pass through there too. Anytime they say you want to work for the Lord, we go out. And they count us among those who are saved with tears. Every time we cry. And we go to the altar that I want to work for God. And the evangelists will say that we are just getting born again. And we got born again several times over. So whatever the case may be, This is where I'm going. A woman came right there who ran to the altar, to the pulpit. You know, the pulpit is high, in crucifix. And he said, Apostle, Apostle, I'm a witch, I'm a witch. I want to give my life to Jesus. So, I took the microphone off my mouth. Bishop J.D. was standing by me with other pastors. I said, do you want to accept Jesus? He said, yes. And I led out to Christ. You see, when people who are occults come to you, or people who are involved in all this fetishism, if you think you can charge against any evil spirits and cast them out, you will exhaust your life to achieving nothing. Because there must be a will to be saved for the power of grace to function. Okay? This is the problem with deliverance ministries. They just think they can just exercise anybody. No, Jesus did not pray for every madman in Israel, except one recorded, and maybe two. When he went to Bethesda in John chapter 5, there were many sick people there. He went to only one man, and after healing him, he left the others and left. I will gather now. So, immediately, I will let the gather of Christ I was good. I left the pulpit and the pastor there called the woman and said that how many people have you killed? <laughs> and the woman said it. He said, then who who are they? The woman said I killed my brother, your lady. And while he I asked the second question? Where do you meet? I ran from the ground to the pulpit and I took the microphone from him. I said you don't. The Bible said there are sins I remember. No more. Tell me, what is that one you are doing now? I ask him, Jesus forgave this man. When Jesus forgave the prostitute, did you hear Jesus tell her to tell him how many men slept with her? Jesus says, where are your accusers? He said, I can't find them. He said, because you can't find them, I don't also have anything wrong about you. But now, go and see no more. So where you see people bringing some people to the pulpit to come and confess. They are the one who brought all these silly, silly languages in the church. Like, I'm hearing something very regular now. The altar, building the altar, or dresser, the altar of Satan, and all stuff like that. And, you know, altar of uh, some stuff. I can understand. They listen, those people preach those things. They listen to the testimony of people who profess to be saved, but they are not. And they are sent by Satan to just deceive the church. And you see books, books. Every firstborn has a problem. Who told you that I'm a firstborn? I'm Alfred Williams. I'm firstborn son. I don't have a problem. And my own son, firstborn, he doesn't have problem. Are we together now? They listen to these people who profess they are born again. They are not. Anybody who wants to come and tell you uh, how we used to go to meeting. How we used to to eat people? What's your business? Do you want to join them?
1: If you want to join them, then listen
0: to what they're saying. That's why you can't hear angels. Because Jesus said, one source cannot bring cold and hot. If you give your mind to be hearing what demons are saying, angels will far from you. Because they will not contend with man. So what am I saying today? Prophecy is for you. It is a gift for all. Let's look at here now. I have not ten minutes to minister to you, but those ten minutes I want to give you a template of two. The book of First Corinthians, chapter twelve. And then I'll give you a homework. For you can all prophesy in turn. No first Corinthians chapter twelve chapter twelve, verse one. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, what did you say? Say it again. Say it again. So that is what is killing us. One of the things that is killing us. If you don't have knowledge of a gift you have, you can never use it. Really, you will keep your gifts and be going to those who have lesser gifts and be begging to use their own gift. That's what happened to many people in church. I was gather now. I was in America one day. And uh, they brought uh, some people they call prophets. And they brought a tape. And the prophet will come to you and he begin to speak, 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 speak. And he record it. When he finished recording it, he will take, take the tape and give you. And he will collect money from you. Yes, yes, they are doing that. Collect money from you. And so the woman who took me there was my daughter. And I said to the woman that, well... This, this prophet, in quotes, you are calling him prophet, he's not a prophet. I said he's just giving word of encouragement. And he was collecting money. That is Balaam's spirit. And many of the people who stood for him to prophesy to them, maybe some of them are really caught to the office. But because they are ignorant of the gift, they are subject to instructors so do not be ignorant of the gift of the spirit of the gift spiritual gift brothers i do not want you to be ignorant now the next verse says you know that when you were pagans some, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to the mute idols then the next one therefore i tell you that no one who is speaking by the spirit of god says jesus because And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So that's the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit. Salvation. Yeah. That's the beginning of the work. Somebody say I'm born again. I can hear you boy. 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 Say it loud let me hear you well. Satan cannot be born again. The next verse tells you now. There are different kinds of gifts. But who? Say it again. I can hear you. So gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is in custody of gifts. Spiritual gifts. Which Paul says you should not be ignorant. The next verse says. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord, Jesus calls you to serve, Holy Spirit gives you the gifts. And then, number six, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all in all men. Give me the King James of that. Just clicking James. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Go back to my NIV. Why am I saying that to you? Holy Spirit in charge of the gifts, Jesus in charge of the calling, the Father in charge of operations. Are we together now? So, when the Lord Jesus calls you to an office, the Holy Spirit will give you the appropriate gifts to operate that office. But anytime time you operate in that gift, the Father is working. Any time you operate in that gift, the Father is working. When we speak by word of knowledge, who is the one there? The Father. When we speak to the cripple and it works, Who is doing it? The Father. That's why Jesus says that this miracle that I do, it is the Father I made that doeth it. Excuse me. But the fact is this. All of you have a gift. At least one. And all of us have a calling. We may not be the minister, but we are calling to one of the five strings. And I will show you. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Verse 7. No, anyway, chapter 4 verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Jesus apportions it. To each one of us, grace has been given. So he's talking about, remember, verse 5 says... Different kinds of services, but Jesus, the same Lord. Then go to verse 11. Ephesians 4. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, evangelists, some to be uh, pastors and teachers. Can I just say something to you here, first of all, that in this meeting, what I want to achieve from you is that minimum, the gift that the Spirit has given you, you fulfill it here. And then, beyond that, you can acquire more gifts. Okay? Don't worry about uh, many writings about this. As far as the evidence of the Bible is concerned, it did not tell us that one of these gifts is higher to the other. It's not in the Bible. And I don't believe so, too. Because a pastor can raise members. And one of his members will be an apostle. is still the father of the apostle. You don't have to change the title or your calling. One is not higher than the other. The fact is that each calling has a manifestation. Alright? There are different kinds of gifts, the Holy Spirit. Different kind of services, the same Lord. Different kind of working or operation, but the same father works in everybody. There is no one of these five offices that can live without the others. Okay? All the five offices need one another. And the church needs all these five in every church. Not ecclesiastical church. Every parish. I think that would be better. Parish they call it now. Every parish. In every parish, there are apostles, there are prophets, there are teachers, there are Evangelists and there are pastors. Let me say this to you. During this week, I will be helping you to understand the characteristics of each. So if you have such traits, you know where you belong to. As it is that God has called everyone into these five streams, does not mean that all of you will become, let me say, if all of you here are called into pastoral ministry. It doesn't mean that all of you become pastors. No. Among you, God will now anoint somebody who will be ordained pastor. But all of you will be having the grace, you know, of pastoral care. Patience with people, you know, and all stuff like that. Nurturing people. Ability to teach. But to those of you who God has called to the office... You are all called to the ministry, but those of you who are called to the office are the ones that will be ordained. The same thing with prophets. In the office of prophets, the interesting thing about prophetic office is that all of us can prophesy. But we are not all prophets. Okay? So, we are called to the ministry of prophesying, but among us, when a prophet will emerge, um, Numbers 12.6 tells us that, that person will manifest vision and dreams by God. Okay, that's the beginning of prophetic office. Not somebody who prophesies. Somebody who prophesies is just an ordinary Christian. Okay, that is prophetic declaration. But when somebody is in the office of prophet, he will have encounters in the dream where God will reveal things to him. Angels will talk to him and say many things. He will have open visions. Where he will see things and he will tell you, and those things would be. But that office also, each office also has progression. The highest system of uh, prophetic office is to be a seer. And that's the office where you can look at people, you can tell about their lives, and you can know somebody who's coming in here or who's not coming in here. And that office works with quite a, a, gr- a group, a number of gifts, including the word of knowledge and wisdom. I would gather now? so we go back to our first corinthians tonight what i want to do now is this we'll read together from verse four verse five first corinthians 12. okay six no seven we want to read from verse seven shall we read the verse seven together The next one. Stop. Seven says the manifestation. Who brings manifestation? No, Holy Spirit gives you gifts It is the Father. That is the operation. Operation manifestation means that you are you have gift of healing and you speak, people are healed. That's manifestation. Okay? It is the Father that works all those things. He's the one who manifests the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave you the gifts. Okay? So, one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit, rather, <clears throat> reason why the Holy Spirit gives you the gifts, it says, is to profit other people. So, if you are given a gift to, serve, to bless other people, it is for you to be a better servant. Why should you be worshipped? Why should you think that you are above everybody? Why do you think that that gift makes you very, very special? No, it doesn't. Others have gifts too. If you have not been manifesting your gifts in this meeting, you will begin to. I say you will begin to. So, each one is given the manifestation of this spirit by, for the common good of other people. And then he spoke about the nine gifts. Let's read the nine gifts together. The one that is given through the Spirit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you really read this? Did you really read this gift? Because you are praying now. So when you are reading it, what's resonated with you? What's resonated with you? What are you looking for? Let's read it again. When you read it now, look for one tonight. One. Not two. One tonight. Focus your eyes onto one that you have not got and you really want to get it. I we together? I want to do that very committedly. Shall we read it again? Wisdom, word of knowledge. Mhm. Ah. So think for just a minute. I gave you these assignments last week. What do you want tonight? So resolve that resolve that in your mind. That's what you really want, we're gonna pray. Okay, before you pray, can I say this to you? Can a Christian pray and not get this? Yes. Because many of us have prayed over some gifts for years, and we didn't get it. But should a Christian pray and not get it? No. So, what can a Christian do that you ask and you get it? Chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. If you pray, you should get it. Because Jesus promised so. But if you pray and you don't get it, you didn't get the condition right. What does he say? Let's read together. Follow the way. Come on now. So, let me ask you. When I was reading, you were reading the nine gifts. How many of you sincerely thought, prophecy is what you wanted most? How many of you thought that you wanted a word of knowledge? How many of you thought you wanted healing? How many of you thought you wanted signs and wonders? How many of you thought you wanted um, discernment? How many of you thought you wanted faith? Tongues? Interpretation of tongues? Okay. Now. You have done well. But the first one, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you should look for his prophecy. More than anything. I think prophecy is so powerful. It's the only gift that that can build up somebody else in the church. And God is more interested in you building somebody up That's the reason why he says, eagerly desire the gifts, but especially prophecy. Stand up together now. So, if someone has been praying before and you didn't get a gift, let me tell you this. It's because you failed to really desire it. That is the way to get it. If you desire it, you will get it. Because the Bible says so. And it says that desire should be an eager desire. How do you have desire and be eager? That is, every day you expect it to happen. Every day you expect it to happen. You ask now, you cannot forget it until it happens. It's not what you just go and lock yourself up for 20 days or 30 days or 40 days and then expect to come up with it. No. No. What happened thereafter? What happened after that seven days of fasting, not three days of fasting? What did you do thereafter? The desire left. So it won't happen. If you desire something, you desire until you get it. No student desire to pass in his school and then stop reading before the exam. No. The desire of of a student He will read all night, 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 all night. night. Even the examinations, I see reading. That is what is called eager desire. You cannot spend one day without it coming to your mind. You cannot spend two hours without it coming to your mind. You cannot live an hour without you remembering what you're seeking for. And when your heart is shooting to it, you begin to operate in in it. Like this thing is true because I can use my life, for example, to this. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to pray now. You are going to tell the Lord, Holy Spirit, manifest to me the gift of healing. You are asking for manifestation now. That is, to receive that gift. And you tell the Lord, Father, I want the gift of healing. Or I want the gift of prophecy. Or I want the gift of faith. Lord, I turn to you tonight. I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. And tell the Holy Spirit, I want to be useful by it. Not to make a name for myself. Lord, but to fulfill the mandate of heaven. Lift up your voice and begin to ask the Holy Spirit. Make sure your heart is seeking Him. Asking Him from your spirit. If you want to kneel down, you can kneel down. It doesn't matter. As for the gifts, the gifts... Ask the Holy Spirit. I turn to you, Lord. Maybe somebody needs to ask God. Give me a desire in my heart. Let my heart desire you. Let my heart desire you, Lord. Let my heart desire you. Let the whole of my heart desire you, Lord. Let my heart desire you, Lord Jesus. That God will be priority in your hearts. Lord Jesus, let my heart desire you. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Ask for the prophetic gift, the gift of prophecy. If you have been speaking in tongues, pray and tell God, anoint my lips with interpretation of the tongue I speak. Anoint my lips with an interpretation. Give me the gift to interpret. Now, thank God for receiving it. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. How many of you ask for healing? All right, put your hands down. How many of you are sick here? You want to test it now. How many of you are sick? If you have any sickness in your body, whatever it may be. Alright, those of you who ask for healing in that place, lay hands on that sister. Lay hands on the other sister. Lay hands on that sister. If you ask for healing, lay hands on that sister. Come out and lay hands on somebody. If you need to be prayed for, For any sickness, lift your hands up. Alright, those of you who ask for healing there, the gift of healing there, move around and place your hands on them. How many of you ask for healing here? Go out of your seat and look around. Unless somebody is touching you. If you ask for the gift of healing, I want to go and lay hands on the sick. The Bible says you will touch the sick and they shall be made whole. Yes? All right. Now, how many of you who were sick had physical manifestation of the sickness? Maybe a pain somewhere or wherever. Come. Where was the pain? Press it now. Do it like this. Come on. Where is it? The pain is gone. Uh-huh. That was the pain you before. Okay? Yeah. I'm looking at your eyes because if it pains you, you will you have some sensation in your iris. Now it's gone. Any other person who was prayed for? Put your hands together for the Lord. Any other person who was prayed for? Yes, where was the pain? It's gone. It will never come back. Anyone? Yes. Where was your pain? On your knees. Do it like that. It's gone? That is it. It's gone. Yes, where was your pain? Okay, do that. Do you feel anything? Do it again. It's gone. So that is it. You are healed. Where was your pain? Here and here. All right, do that now. Yes. Do it again. Okay, do this like that. You it's gone. That is what healing is. Look, you know what? I didn't want to lay hands on anybody because I wanted, to, I wanted you to know that the gift is not for apostles or for evangelists. It's for you. And you know, the reason why the people got their healing is because you believed that you asked for it and you went by faith to lay hands on them. Your pain is gone? What was it? What was it? Come. Where do you have your pain? Your head. Hmm. Okay, turn now. Let me see. So the dizziness is gone? Ah, uh-huh, so that's it. Put your hands together for the Lord. Yes, brother. We have a pain here and here. And it's gone. Put your hands together for the Lord. Yes. You see how easy healing is? Yes. Where were you having pain? In this place? Now move your leg, hand up. Uh huh. Do like that. And it's gone. Put your hands together for the Lord. Yes. Your legs. Okay, do that now. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Is he worthy to be praised? Come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. All right. Now, I want you to prophesy to yourself. You know how you do that? Just speak. To yourself what will happen to yourself in line with what God is saying now start speaking to yourself any anything you have been asking God you will command yourself to enter into it and you will will speak that it shall come to pass as I leave this place that I'm receiving this which I've asked the Lord and I'm entering into this what you are asking God for now begin to speak that you enter into it maybe if i want to go and do an interview i will say it's a come to pass that you receive that employment even as you leave this place if they have given you letter of rejection it's a come to pass that those who rejected me shall receive me back it's a come to pass what the enemy are taking from me i begin to receive it from tonight if anybody is struggling with you concerning a right you will declare it's a come to pass that i receive back my right from that person Speak to your life, speak to your family, speak to your marriage. So it shall come to pass all the things that you have declared in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of heaven. Take your seats, please.